The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Silence Your Phones. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Sean Fritz and my God, dude. I, I like how I, you're talking faster already because I, you just want to get done with this. I'm hey, it's Chris Chavez. Here I am. And uh, let's, let's go. It's like the Micro Machines guy is uh, the other co-host here. I'm, I am both excited and dreading the fact that we have to talk about this movie. I think you're reconsidering our friendship. <laughs> Because, yes, this was my idea on purpose. <laughs> I was watching that going, why did we pick this one? And then you said, why didn't we pick this one? <laughs> my God. Um, the reason we picked this, Chris, was because the Stanley Cup finals had just ended. Yes. And, uh, yeah, we said, let's do it. Of all the hockey movies that are out there, right? Some of the greats, Slapshot, um, uh, Miracle on Ice, right? Miracle. Um, yeah. Or... Some some great comedies too. Have you ever seen Goon with uh, Sean William Scott? Uh, I almost I was I almost filled in the blanks for you and said Sean Patrick Flannery. By the way, <laughs> wholly different guy. But yeah, I have seen that. Uh, that was uh, the first one was good. I d- chose not to watch Goon too. Oh, I didn't either. Yeah. Um. So of all all of the great hockey movies out there, we decided to, or you decided, the you agreed. One of what is what is widely considered one of Jean-Claude Van Damme's greatest films of all time. It's a low bar, although Bloodsport is a higher bar. Bloodsport (laughs) 2, Bloodsport, first of all, Forrest Whitaker, Bolo, you know, Chon Lee, Chon Lee. Yeah, dude. Yeah, we definitely not hold it. We're definitely not holding it off on what our thoughts on sudden death. As we get ready for the seventh and final game of the Stanley Cup Finals, you can feel the electricity in the air, and there's no question, it just sends a chill up your spine, Paul. That's a fact, Mike. And to make things even more exciting, the Vice President of the United States is here this evening. Don't leave your seats. Doesn't look too good. 911 emergency services. I'm calling you from the Civic Arena. The vice president is being held hostage in the owner's box. And they've got my daughter, too. What is your objective? One billion seven hundred million dollars. We're still evaluating the situation. They want money. A lot of it. Give it to them. Do not try any kind of rescue. Do you understand me? If you're not going to pay, say so. I'll get my daughter. When the game ends, everyone in this box and in this arena will die by explosion, fire, and panic. Tonight. 17,000 hockey fans have been taken hostage. Enough bombs have been planted in this building to stop all the clocks in the hemisphere. But only one of them knows it. I'm going to try to stop you. I know where the bombs are, so I know where you're going. Then come and get me. We are going to do this by the numbers. What number was that? Now he has more to lose than anyone. I said no vehicles on the grounds, no helicopters in the air. What part of that did you not understand? Jean-Claude Van Damme. Powers boost. Sudden death. 
So, okay, so here was the thing, right? So I remember being in high school and was a fan of Jean-Claude Van Damme when he first came out. Everybody was. Right? It was this, he was the muscles from Brussels. This was the dude that was going to, like, help reinvigorate martial arts films here in America. I think he, to a degree, helped with the martial arts. Yeah. And it spawned a whole generation of kids that don't know how to do karate except on the playground. Well, they didn't watch the Karate Kid or else they would. Well, um, it's a generation before. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, dude. So uh, this movie, I remember just thinking, I haven't seen it. Right. And I know there, aside from like Bloodsport, um, Kickboxer, there is just a run of movies that are pretty rough in terms of entertainment wise for his films. At least, at least we'll get decent action sequences. And that should be fun a less played up Cajun accent, quote unquote. Yes. Because his accent, he has one. He's guess what? He's from Brussels. Yeah. Right. He is from Brussels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And because I, is he, well, that's the, that's the question of the day, isn't it? Didn't they call him the muscles from Brussels or is he that, is, is that Schwarzenegger? Uh, no, he's from Austria. Uh, and okay. you are right. Uh, Jean-Claude Camille Francois Van Van Varenberg, known as Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's a Belgian actor. For some reason, I thought that he was actually from somewhere near Brussels, but because Brussels rhymed with muscles. Yeah. Logic. But my logic, though, sound is uh, is in my remembrance is inaccurate. Um, but yeah, like at least like in Hard Target, where he's a homeless, like military vet, like one of the best, mm-hmm. where he's, quote, Cajun because it takes place in Louisiana. Um, by the way, not Cajun at all. <laughs> uh, they they down, he downplays his accent. That's when he uh, had the mullet. He had the uh, mullet. Oh, and yeah. I think his name was Chance because I remember. I'm him, sad to like, hear that. He, I remember him talking to this woman and she's just like, well, what's your name? He's like Chance. And she's like, Chance? What kind of name is that? My mama decided to take one. <laughs> it's like, come on, dude. I can't deal with this. Uh, but again, it's Jean-Claude Chance Van Damme. Bordeaux. <laughs> we know what we're getting right with these kinds of movies. Sadly. And, but here's the thing, too. Like a lot of these movies were straight to video style movies. They didn't really go out in theaters. Some did, but a lot of times, even those straight to videos, you'll, you'll find ones that are entertaining. You actually are entertained, right? Maybe the story isn't so bad. The acting isn't too bad. You know, Mm -hmm. the action sequences aren't so bad. It just wasn't given the chance in the theaters. It didn't get Uh, the exposure. I I can think of one, uh, uh, Disney's Aladdin Two: return of Jafar. See, exactly. (laughs) Obviously. Um, but dude, (laughs) More often than not, the reason these are not movies that are highly spoken about, I mean, there's a reason, right? There's after, yeah, obviously no one wants to admit seeing them. Let's get into this. The plot. So this is what Google says. Google says an ex-fireman, Darren McCord, uh, has a new job working security at the Pittsburgh Civic Center. Hoping to impress his kids, he scored tickets to the Stanley Cup Finals, unaware that the place has been taken over by a group of terrorists. Ex-CIA agent Joshua Foss is holding the vice president hostage in a press box and plans to blow up the building if he doesn't pay the ransom. But when Darren learns of his scheme, he jumps into action to save the day. He doesn't actually jump. Part of this is correct, right? He's not security, though. He's fire marshal. Yeah. Um, Can I give you my synopsis of the movie? Yeah, go. Uh, this is speed, but in a, with a hockey game as the backdrop. Yes, dude. That's, that, that, that's it. That's really it. And this was I mean, so rough. We're not going beat by beat on this plot uh-huh. today. We're not doing this. But I want to point some things out here. The idea here is that he is the he was a firefighter, and at the open of the film, we see this tragic thing where he ended up a girl died in, in while he was trying to save her in a burning fire. So he loses his position and we and, and when we find out where he is now, like they said, he works at the Civic Center. He gets tickets for his kids um, and takes them, you know, and when he's there, he's basically showing them around and then tells them, I want you to sit right here. Don't move. This is where you stay. I have to go work. Right. And like you said, during this, we're getting all this other stuff happening where we see these terrorists take over the building. Now, the reason die, for this, like Die Hard, yes, they basically no. strong arm their way in like die hard. there's a lot of other movie beats in this. There totally is, dude. The reason they're doing this, though, is because the vice president is at the game. Right. And so what they want to do is hold him ransom because 
this guy's ex-CIA and he knows that this government has all of these like shadow ghost bank accounts across the world. And he knows how much like money he's hiding. Just right? like Hans Gruber. I want these 12 people across yeah. these, you know. And he wants all of these, these this amount of money transferred to these other accounts. And this is how he wants them to do it. This is where I'm like, why does it have to be overcomplicated? Why not say do it by the end of the game? Instead, he makes it this thing where they've got all these people in this room. There's like the mayor. There's there's a few Secret Service people. There's, you know, who were here with the vice president. So he basically says, I want one third of the accounts to be transferred by the end of each period. And if, if they're not, I kill one. I kill somebody. I can understand this completely being a, a previous, you know, former life, like 15 years ago, uh, being a sales manager and having to monitor and track quotas for salespeople. You don't want them to hit their entire mark at once at the end of the month. You want them to, assuming that it's a monthly cycle, this being a, yeah. you know, three, three, three windows of equal spacing. Um, you want them, you want to know if they're going to do it. And if they don't, you want to give them time to act upon it. Because once the game's over, all your leverage, you know, the building got gotcha. damned. It's the people, gotcha. in, you know, those citizens and the vice president who haven't left yet. Uh, so if they don't do anything by the end of the first period, well, then, you know, you Let take care of the you mayor's guys, wife. I'm serious. I yeah, got gotcha. you. You take care of the most annoying person first. Uh, and then your tech guy plays doom for a while. <laughs> oh, God. There was so many things in this movie where I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? But yeah, so that's what he does. He says the amount has to be done. And the first period comes to an end. It doesn't happen. He ends up shooting people. They're like, presidents, the vice president's like, you don't understand how hard this is. He's like, it's not that hard. Just get it done. Right. Yeah. Stalling tactics. Yeah. And meanwhile, we have like the guy on the outside, the secret service guy that's leading the, the thing. And he's all pissed off that that this has gone on. And he's calling in saying, chill out we need time and the guy on the insides uh, like uh, you know do what i say and whatever so then they find out um oh what happens now is the little boy and little girl get, end up getting into an argument so that the little girl goes off right she ends up witnessing one of the murders and the murderer ends up taking her kidnapping her and bringing her to the the box now so now they have jean-claude van damme's daughter when he but goes not knowing that he's the guy right slowly you know being the uh the, the foil Right. But we only find this out because he knows his daughter's missing. And so he goes looking for her. And when he he comes across the person that that kidnapped her, realizing she's trying to kill him, he fights her off uh, in a kitchen. And this is one of the things I had a problem with, dude. Well, he sees the hat in the elevator. Yeah. And then the he hat. saw the shadow of the glove of uh, the gun as she's pulling it up. But this whole fight that goes down is probably some of the worst choreography in fight choreography I've seen in a long time. Mm hmm. And then it's also like, bro, they did every single trope that there is when it comes to fighting in a kitchen. They did the whole thing where they put his head near a, one of the, the blades, the slicers, mm -hmm. which turned on automatically. Like it wasn't like anybody turned it on. It was just on all. all and there a was a thing of me just sitting there. That is not Sanitary. OSHA compliant. No. Or, uh, what is it? It's not OSHA. Safe serve. It is not safe serve. Compliant. Not at all, dude. Andrew should know that. Chef Andrew. Health Health department is not about that. They did the thing where there's like a, a fan above the, the stove. And so they, you know, they did that thing. They even when he was fighting later, he, there's the the what is it? The burners or something. He burned his hand on it. And dude, Don't I was like the jumping up and grabbing on? the pipes. Yes. And doing course. a kick there. That's there's, a staple. The, there's the the boiling, the boiling fries right in the in the in the oil. Violator, yeah. Yep, put the put the hand in that. Like it was so all these things. I was just like, oh my god, is there anything else that they're gonna do that I have seen? All that they were missing, and this is not his style, but when he runs her, which by the way, this is strange that running someone in a mascot outfit through a dishwasher <laughs> of hot water <laughs> will kill would them. kill somebody. <laughs> the only thing they didn't say was like like an Arnold quip, like stay clean or you need to clean up yeah. your act. That's all that oh, was missing God. here. But let me tell you, even the dialogue and writing in this movie was hard. It was just really horrendous, dude. Some, some of the writing was just, oh, God. 
Well, and the chewing so of the scenery ridiculous. nonstop. By um, everyone. Oh, hell yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, hell, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. So when he finds out, you know, he, he only realizes something's really wrong when the second person he comes across, he's like, you know, somebody tried to kill me and they have my daughter. It's a security guy. And then that security guy tries to kill him. He's like, okay, something's wrong. Well, and here's the thing, like. We saw a lot of the setup. Uh, yeah. First of all, that guy's wearing sunglasses inside yeah. and he's yeah. working. What's wrong yeah. with you, dude? And he's Take your Joe earring. Elliott mullet. Take your Joe Elliott from Def Leppard mullet and and do do like different types of security. Uh, however, like they do a lot of good setups in the plot here. Like Icy is a yes, woman that he knows. there's up for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we know that like when he sees some woman, you know, that's not the woman that he knows as, you know, the mascot, like he talks to her like he knows her because he does. Yeah. And then this other guy, he does that thing like Wanda does in Doctor Strange, where he says the woman's name. And he's and then, of course, he's like, oh, typical bad guys is all oh, I always do that. You never told me her name, did you? It's like, that, let the audience figure that out, dude. Bro, that's what I'm saying. Some of the writing in this film was just like, what is going on, man? What it's like insulting on? to the audience's intelligence is really what it is. Yeah. And also people don't really talk that way. You know what I mean? They just don't. They He would not have said that out loud. He just wouldn't have. Depends yep. how arrogant he is. Or he also <laughs> says, what are you? Uh, something or other. He's like, I'm a professional because he's got a knife boot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I've seen knife boots elsewhere. Roadhouse, he's a, not he's a professionals. Profe- he's a professional, but he gets himself killed by the end of a broken bone, a bone that just seems to be sitting. What bone was that, by the way? What Remember, is that coming off of? Safe serve compliance is at a zero on this one. God. So, yeah, that happens. Other dog he's, shit happens. Yeah, he just basically comes across like, well, well, he figures out what's happening. He gets on the phone with the, the lead guy from the Secret Service on the outside, and he's like, you guys need to save my daughter. And, and you know, now it's time for him to go and, and try to save the day. And the first thing he does is he realizes there's explosives all around and he makes an educated guess as to where they would be. Well, he finds he's trying to get on the phone with anybody and they cut yeah. the phone lines, which, yeah. by the way, there would be a lot of phone lines. Exactly. And, and, and by the way, this guy knows how to read blueprints. He knows yep. where the, all the, he's an architect. So he knows where all the structural stuff is. He knows how to disarm C4. Yep. Uh, which he's also way, MacGyver. Yeah. Like when he put together this thing where all of a sudden he pulled off tube, this plastic tubing, this, this nail fire extinguisher, and then the fire extend put together this thing through his arm. And then as he has it in his arm, you could just see how stiff it is because it's got this metal rod. Mm -hmm. But when he's moving around, he's like bending his arm perfectly and like no problems whatsoever. Dude, this Mm -hmm. movie was just like all over the place, dude. Oh yeah. Continuity uh, is uh, we had a conversation about continuity editors during this movie <laughs> um, i mean really chris all we can say is that this movie exists in a universe where physics are not the same as in oh, our universe it's 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 rough dude so the whole time he's he's taking out all these guys and he's uh, disarming bombs and all of a sudden he comes in contact with with uh the guy the secret service guy from the outside and that guy's like all right i made my way in here and uh i'm gonna help you kill these people so they they separate right well what we do is we follow the we end up seeing that the secret service guy ends up meeting with the dude that's running this shit the the mm-hmm. terrorist and boom swerve he's a bad guy too didn't see Poor that bro. coming yeah it's like really we have to like of all the things that are going on in this film of all the things we have to throw this in there too like okay yes. okay yes, go we do. for it you you didn't realize that um yes we do while while Jean-Claude Van Damme is is basically he's getting to where he needs to go. He's on his way. Here comes the Secret Service guy. And that's where we find out it's a swerve. He pulls his gun on him. And let me ask you something, dude. In every like all these movies and especially this one, everyone pulls a gun and just waits. Like if you really wanted to get rid of him, wouldn't you just fucking shoot him immediately? Immediately. Well, here's the thing, Chris. Physics don't exist in the same way that they exist in this in this movie and then they do in this world. Hold it. Logic is different, too. It's so true, dude. In this movie, 100 percent. Right. Mm -hmm. He ends up doing some crazy. Oh, here's the other thing, bro. Didn't he grab the pipes again? No. What happens here is earlier in the film, the reason the, the, the brother and sister were fighting and she went running off is the brother brought a squirt gun with him. Mm -hmm. Why? I don't know. Presumably just to squirt his sister. Um, the, so there is a, there is a thing in hockey where 
with some like if, if there's a hat trick by by a, a specific person, three goals, yeah. they'll they'll throw their hats onto the ice. A little waste of money if you ask me. Yeah. Um, it's not like anyone's going to keep those hats. They're probably just going to get do- maybe they get donated. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, those uh, there's another there's a team in isn't there octopus or squid that gets thrown on the ice? I yeah, I don't know the team, uh, but they throw an octopus or a squid. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know of anything that involves a squirt gun. Now, however, keep in mind. This is 1995 when this movie was released, so pre 9 11. So, uh, I mean, granted, it has an orange tip. So, but it's a, this is a miniature, and I know this because I had Super them, Soaker, a miniature Super Soaker 50. Oh, the original. You even know the model. Nice. I, I had one. I also had the little belt pack that had the two extra water canisters. <laughs> That's great. So he ends up squirting her, right? Dad takes that away. So now later on, um, while he's kind of turning into MacGyver and he's going through shit, he finds a, a thing of kerosene or lighter fluid and then a lighter. So he takes that with him. So now when he's confronted by the Secret Service dude, he's like, take your hands out of your pocket real slow. And he does. And he's got the squirt gun in one hand and he's got the lighter in the other. And he goes, what you going to do? Squirt me to death with that thing. And so he me. does it. Yeah. He uses it as a flamethrower, which is absolutely insane. And um, the guy well, just I mean- lights up. You've done you've done hairspray and a lighter before, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, to to some of your arguments, let me let me try to apply some logic here. <laughs> Again, it's hard, hard to, to find. find. I've been doing it for a long time, so I can maybe explain some of this bullshit away. <laughs> if you have a class A and you have to drive hazmat stuff, hazardous materials, yeah, you have to have a license for each type of thing: oxygen, hydrogen, combined stuff, and you know those that diamond shaped thing with the three different colored and numbered yep, yeah. diamonds inside of it, you know, left top and middle or left top and right. Um, those all mean something, what it means. Yes. I couldn't tell you. Um, so I would imagine that being Depends the fire, kinds of co- chemicals and what kinds of combustibility like, yes. storage yeah. type, do they have to be cold warm? I don't know any of I, it makes sense because people that do that or develop that have thought about it a lot more than I have because they have mm-hmm. background knowledge of all this stuff. Um, I would imagine, I would venture to guess that being a fire, uh, being a firefighter in 1993, because it says this takes place two years after the event where he's a firefighter, uh, um, that, uh, and this takes place in, well, it's released in 1995. Um, but I would imagine that you have to know a lot of these things. What can, what can be an accelerant? Like if you're yeah. in, a, you know, and what, how, how would you would check structural integrity and all this other stuff? Uh, so I would imagine that there would be some basic level of that. Like if this has been burning for 20 minutes and it's all wood, don't walk on that cross beam because guess what? If right. it's a three-story house versus a two-story house, heat rises, all that stuff, you know, there's some, there's some basic math and logic that you can, again, logic, here we go, uh, that you have to apply to some of this stuff. So my thought is that he would know some of this stuff, but not to the degree of, Okay, if I have C4, it's going to, it has a, a radius. If it's 10 feet up, it's got a blast radius of whatever. Yeah. And there, you know, there's logarithms and everything else that I left back in high school and I don't have a graphing calculator with me. <laughs> However, Google will tell you, but Google didn't exist at this time. Right. Uh, neither did smartphones, as we saw with all these big ass analog phones with single line display for <laughs> just the phone number. Nice. So there's the logic that I can try to apply to this. And there's a lot of callbacks. That's the one good thing to the story that I can say. Yeah. But mm, there's a lot that. Eh, so tough. the thing here is, is he covers this dude and the guy lights up like from top to bottom. He's on fire and he just kind of goes and Van Dam runs away. Right. And then we get to this moment later where this dude pops up again and half his face is melty. He's like fucking Freddy Krueger all of a sudden. Uh, but he, he was totally on fire. Like, how did he put he did not stop, drop and roll, not with accelerants literally covering his body. Do you know what I mean? Maybe he didn't just stop, drop and roll, but he stopped, drop, and then he shut it down and opened up another <laughs> shop. That's, I mean, again, Whoa. logic and different universe. Oh, That's no. how rough riders roll. That guy's um, a rough rider. He just doesn't have the biker jacket. He left that at home. <laughs> but here, here's the logic that I don't get. This one guy, this one Secret Service guy is constantly holding everybody back. Yeah. There are plan A through 700. I'm sure that they have in their playbook. Yeah. regardless of how they're trying it maybe they skip you know seven through 22 i don't know and yeah. and you know just to throw them off like oh this is their playbook they're gonna do this 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 and this in this order well maybe we switch it up a little bit and see what we can't accomplish uh 
but you know, like you said, he's part of the bad guy side uh, and he's playing, he's playing both sides, not playing both sides, but he's, he's keeping everybody at bay uh, uh, from the secret service. Why wouldn't someone a relieve him of power? They're like, you suck or, you know, mutiny or something like that and say, all right, we're going to do this anyway, because you're not doing jack shit to further the cause here. Uh, Or when he goes in, someone else takes control. Someone else is in command out there. They supposed to be. Um, It's like, if I'm not back in five minutes, just wait longer. That doesn't apply here. Right. You know, it's, it's, uh, we're not giving you all night, buddy. Yeah. You're now in your field commander and you go in this way. And by the way, we're going to pivot and go around the back door. Right. Right. Dude. But with this movie, basically Jean-Claude Van Damme continues to defuse bombs and take people out. Uh, the game comes down. Each period ends. A few people die. You know, there's there's banter back and forth with people saying, why are you doing this? And he's just like, I'm doing this and I'm going to keep doing this. And, you know, you're not yeah. going to stop me. He's the best at he's like the best manager deflecting the best executive at, who, uh, at deflecting any type of judgment, blame or responsibility yeah. uh, of answering any question. Exactly. Uh, so we get down to basically it's the end of the third period. The games, uh, the, the peng- it's the Penguins and the Blackhawks that are playing. So let's not forget there's game seven of the Stanley Cup going on right now. And throughout this movie, we get a lot of inner, you know, inner cuts of the game happening. Um, I do believe that it's the Cleveland Lumberjackets. Played by the Chicago Blackhawks, but they call them the Blackhawks throughout the whole game. Yeah, I was going to say that's weird. Uh, there w- also there was a mention earlier that like Jean Claude Van Damme had played goalie back in 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 like semi pro days. Yeah, and sure and, enough, they had again, to use him in the film as a goalie. And I was like, come on, this is and, so dumb. And I mean, they call they have so many setups and call that every setup that they use everything has a purpose and a meaning like i feel like what happened was like they're writing this movie they're like oh we should put him in there and they're like go back and at the beginning rewrite this and so i think there was a lot of retconning happening just to make it fit because it was a lot of like holy crap well then his daughter showed like at the beginning teaches him how to say i love you in sign language which yes um, way to be like super like staccato about it sign Uh, language is very fluid if you've ever watched someone sign yeah watching me use my hands when i talk in general And like, he's like, so deliberate about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's his servos are snapping and, and he does it like right in the middle of the game. And his son's like, what the fuck? This old man, this, this guy who uh, just said he loved me. What's happening? Dude, that's what I'm saying. There was so much with this movie. I'm like, come on, knock it off already with this crap. Like at the beginning, right. They never say why, but his daughter just likes to go around stamping people's hands. And she ends up stamping the hand of the lead terrorist here. And he doesn't slap her. He just looks at her and is just like, I'm going to shoot you next, just so you know. <laughs> well, the, uh, a guy I work with, his son, not unlike Sergeant Nicholas Angel, loves to run around and arrest people <laughs> with his Paw Patrol police shirt nice. all the time. Like, he doesn't use his shirt to arrest people. He's got little plastic handcuffs. Yeah. That hurt, by the way. <laughs> like, what is this shit? He's like, I, I take yeah, it you've man. been arrested by him before. <laughs> I was arrested twice in one night for being at a work event. I'm like, hey, Braden, um, I'm going to talk to your dad about this before we go to court. He's like, you're arrested. You're not going to court. I'm like, that's not how the legal system works here. You've got a little bit to learn, junior officer. Well, I don't know. He might be a little bit smarter than you, if you ask me. Uh, lock up and throw away the key, like uh, another movie we watched recently. Oh, God. But yeah, dude, um, so she there's all these setups for those things. So anyway, he ends up, you know, doing this. The game goes down to the third quarter and the period. Penguins end up score a period. a period. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the Penguins end up scoring and tying the game. So now they go to sudden death. Right. Ooh, and, and the game was well, you're missing the critical plot point, Chris. Yeah. Hans Gruber and John McClain talk on the phone. Oh, yeah. And they change the terms, even though well, the government is now transferring all the money. Which they changed weird, the terms. Dude. It's so it's dumb. Now, it's now a Tom and Jerry cartoon. It's so oh, uh, dumb. Mouse, dude. Itchy and scratchy, like, why is this terrorist who has no like this is a nobody to him that's calling him, right? This is a guy who had no problem walking in and unloading bullets into anybody that stood in his way. Now, all of a sudden, some dude gets him on the phone and says, you know what? I am changing the rules. This is what we're going to do. He's like, OK, let's do it. Instead of being like, <laughs> fuck off i don't have time for this i'm not answering this phone i'm getting money right now well and here's the here's the best part i think 
this guy's supposed to be like super duper secret agent mm -hmm. knows all the ins and the outs. Mm -hmm. And at one point where they're doing their cat and mouse over the phone thing, he says something like, uh, I'm diffusing your bombs. He's like, how many have you gotten so far? And he's like, I don't know, <laughs> you know, a bunch. And then they, they keep talking and I forget exactly how, what happens, but Mr. Genius here outsmarts Mr. Well-trained, highly trained uh, secret service agent and mm -hmm. says, uh, where to the point where he says, I'll set off all 10 right now. It's like, well, you're a moron because shouldn't you know never to give up the yeah. overestimate or underestimate maybe? Yeah. I don't know, dude. This is this was a, it was so rough. We get to a point where now Jean-Claude Van Damme has decided the only way to get into this skybox, right, is to climb up the building. We're talking about the Pittsburgh Civic Arena, the center where the Pittsburgh Penguins play. The scoreboard, the he, igloo. The, it's called the to, igloo, by the way. Oh, nice. He's going to climb the structure from the outside how all the way to there? the top, how, how to the out? dome. Where there's one guy there and somebody else coming to relieve him because it's lunch break time, I guess. Yeah. What's happening here? He gets up there. He ends Logic. up fighting That's this guy happening. at the top, right? Uh, like you do. The dome, he goes and starts opening the dome. Like you another, do. Another guy no comes in. No one notices. Which, no yes, one notices. Everyone is at a game, which I know is super loud, but you're constantly looking up at the scoreboard. If you're going to look up at the scoreboard to the time, you're also going to see above that a the arena's opening. opening. By the way, they take hours to open. Oh, Not, God. They open like a, like maybe 5% of it. Why would you have a button for just 5%? Well, let me ask you this, too. After the second period, they opened that thing to set off fireworks. What? No, they didn't. That was what? Well, okay. after the second period, there was this moment where he's on the phone with the guy and he says, well, maybe I'll set this off. And and there's this moment where he's he's going to cut the wire. Right. And then you hear an explosion and you're like, what the hell? And it's actually a whole fireworks display going on above the arena coming so the way, from the, the way opening. that was cut. The way that was cut was was very much like a, a misdirect, uh, a hey, look over here type thing. So Powers Booth, who was hungry for more scenery, said, oh, let's just give him a show. And he pushes one of the buttons. So, And there was C4. And then we cut to the C4 right in front of yeah. Van Damme with the roof open. Mm -hmm. And then fireworks go off. So did he disarm the C4? Did the city or the, the, hockey, the hockey league or the, or the team, whomever, light up some fireworks or what because it was all very convenient that it all happened at the yeah, same it time it was fireworks and that's my thinking though my thinking was like what's the point to fireworks after the second period but also they had they had the the dome open right the roof was open as that's they happening they don't do fireworks for people in the arena by the way i know dude unless they're doing it at an open stadium or arena like i don't know baseball game after yes. the game thank you uh, but apparently they closed the roof again because it was closed at the end here when he's trying to get down there. Mm, was it closed? Well, because... he opened it. He ended up opening it. That's what he was doing when he dispatches of the first guy. Then he like pops open this thing and he does this thing and he starts opening the roof. And that's when this other dude comes in. They start fighting and wrestling and hanging I off thought of that's it. That's when the fireworks went off then. Oh, no. Fireworks went off at the end of the second period. That's why I was like, what's going on? Uh, why are there fireworks going off already? Gotcha. Um, he's fighting with this dude. They fall right, and well, all he does miraculously is... catches the uh, like a lighting thing. Well, the first guy he kicks down the giant slide that is the oh, roof, yeah. and that so guy screams sliding. like he's falling down into the the, uh... the pit of the Death Star, you know, like uh, like Emperor yeah. Palpatine. Uh... And then yeah, it's like all right, dude, it's a big slide. At that point, there will be a couple Rough. things you can catch. But yeah, then he throws another guy down into the center of from the top, the center of the scoreboard. And still no one's noticing guys dangling from lights. And until, you know, the, the one guy ends up being killed and, and he barbecued. He got barbecued, Bobby. Bro, let's not forget also earlier, he was doing some crazy shit where he created some bomb in, in a jar. And okay. So now he's got this thing with I him wanted too. To talk, I want to talk about this. What the I hell's going on this. with this guy? Okay, let's talk about this. So he puts, let's pretend it's vinegar because I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Uh, but he he's in, I guess, the kitchen or somewhere where he's got flour and I guess vinegar, maybe. 
I don't know. Maybe ammonia. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this guy has broken the Geneva Convention at least three times. <laughs> However, so so here's here's my observation on this scene. He takes like he's basically making a Jaeger bomb of explosives, right? Yeah. Or Irish car bomb, whatever you're he's mixing two things, but not at the, that moment. He takes this first glass, this pint glass, I guess it was an open lid. Let's basically and he puts it inside this like like this mason over jar. top. Yeah, my yeah, Big this, giant mason jar with, with, with a with a hinge, like a metal hinge that puts us like an airtight. Uh, lid on it with a little clasp on it. Mm-hmm. My parents had these when I was kids. I think they still have the same exact ones that my mom puts flour in. So he takes this initial glass, the six, eight ounce glass, whatever it is, and he puts it in the container, turns it the container sideways and slowly inserts it. Like if something happens or gets on the outside of it, it'll explode bad, right in the That shit will happen. Yeah. yeah. And then he takes flour and he just dumps it on top of it. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. He, he re up, he re uh, orients the, 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 the very the gingerly. Things, yeah, the two contraptions, so he doesn't spill anything. And then he proceeds to just dump heaping things of flour on top of it, um, very gingerly close the lid, and then he just stuffs it in his bag while turning it slightly sideways. Like, dude, yeah, it's going to mix. And the whole time he's fighting, he's got this bag got on this his thing. thing. He's flipping oh, around. He's okay. hanging off the thing. That, he's that freaking bag, that bag, by the way, he's got it over his shoulder and he's constantly readjusting it. And then like. Mike, you should have heard me. I'm like, put it over your fucking neck, dumbass. Yeah. You know, shoulder and neck, single arm strap. Uh, and then, like, the last time he uses it, he puts it, like, he's just running with it over his shoulder, over his ne- and head, yeah. and, and, you know, like a sling. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm like, all right, well, gee, you could have done that the whole freaking time. Oh, God. And then he, he just, like, he, he just tosses it, like you said, at the owner's box, because, you know, explosions at a right. public gathering indoors with a roof. Exactly. Where, where your the kid is. Pre- where the vice president is, A, B, the vice presidential seal is big, fucking proud, yep. like right on top of that, like a hood ornament. Yep. Like, what the hell, dude? Why would I love it though? He fucking blasts a hole in the thing and then drops right into it. Like perfect timing. Then bullets are flying. They just start shooting like crazy. You have no clue where your daughter is yet. You're starting to just shoot. Hell in there. Oh God, dude. It was just so much happening in there. Uh, so yeah, they they end up fighting off guys and the bad guys getting away and it seems like to save the day, but the little girl notices somebody in the crowd with a stamp on his hand. Oh, he's he like, escapes, hey, yeah. hey, it's him. He's the guy. He's and that the guy's, guy. that he's guy's the big like, bad of the movie. fuck you, little kid. And he grabs her and takes off. And once it, okay, so here's the thing. Jean-Claude Van Damme's kid just lost his kid, finally got her back. Only to let her just kind of wander off into this yeah, crazy he's crowd again. Chatting with with one of the Secret Service agents in a crowd in a mob that's trying to run away. Right. Oh God! So he chases her to the roof where there's a helicopter waiting for this guy, and uh, he ends up jumping up in the ladder. Uh, the, the bad guy jumps on the ladder and starts making his way up to the helicopter. Jean Claude Van Damme can't stop him. He feels. You know, he's, he's upset he can't stop him. But then all of a sudden, he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to shoot at him. And he picks up a gun and he shoots up at the helicopter and we watch it kill the, the pilot and kill the other guy. And the helicopter starts spinning down and it just ends up crashing into the Civic Center. Oh, the, it doesn't the... spin, Chris. It does not spin. It just goes immediately at nose. Oh, that's up right. That's right. Cut to the worst CG. This is like. 19 this is like ed 209 cg man oh we'll get into that aspect for sure and it but, just goes straight down right into the arena empty arena by the way yeah. just with the, except with cue the cake song he's the the arena is empty <laughs> except for one oh man. god that's the other thing like he tells this kid well he's pissed off of the daughter left earlier so he's like i don't want you to move i told you not to move i don't care if this building is falling down all around you i don't want you to move foreshadowing oh god i knew it too i'm like oh that's gonna happen too and as everyone's like panicking and leaving this little kid's just sitting there looking around and then they see the kid he's like i told you daddy i was gonna move i told you i was like that was the dumbest thing i've ever seen in my life that mom at the beginning of the movie is just (laughs) comes across of like the most aggressive put upon like yeah parent like Motherfucker, I told you to call in advance. Don't come yeah. in here bribing Stop the kids. Being an with... asshole. Yeah. And like now I'm like, okay, maybe she's got a little bit more. It's probably reasoning for it, right? Yeah. yeah. Christ. He's he's this guy's wilding. Take it. We couldn't have taken him to game six. <sighs> so yeah, dude. That's what happens. This movie 
and it ends like right there like there like there's not uh oh he gets in the he goes in the ambulance by the way the kids are not invited into the ambulance they're just gonna what let him sit out there sit out there with the secret service because that clearly went well last time bro this was the like this is ah not for me it wasn't for me man there was so many times in this movie i'm like why this doesn't make sense Oh my God. So obvious. Oh, come on. What's, oh, this is their, oh, they're setting something up to come up later. Oh, this is going to mean something. The entire movie, I just kept doing that over and over and over. And then, like, when we get into the other aspects of the movie, I had other things I kept saying as well. But in terms of the plot, so many times I was literally yelling at the screen, and my wife from the kitchen is just laughing and laughing every time she hears me say something else. Oh boy. But yeah, dude, this movie was rough. The The plot was just a little over the top ridiculous. But you know what? It was a plot. It was the kind of plot that we saw a lot in the 90s when it came to these kinds of movies. Do you know what I mean? It was always a terrorist organization that was taking over some big event where some high profile person was going to be held captive or hostage. And then it, it was it was typically the police or the government were the ones surrounding this event and didn't know how to get in and take care of it. But there's that one guy, right? The janitor that had like seal training that that, decides, nobody, that was so unassuming. Everybody right. liked him. Right. So motherfucker will cut some, he'll, he'll cut some fools. If he's so got you a, could literally write this movie a trillion times over with all different scenarios, but it's the same fucking movie. And this one did not do it. Well, that's the thing. The best part of this entire movie was hockey. Anytime we got hockey on screen, the game, I was like, okay, this is cool. Mm-hmm. And it was enjoyable because they look like they just said, you know what? Let's have you guys play a game. Don't go too hard. Like we don't want you hurting each other, but play a game and we'll film it. And they did. Yeah. So uh, Chris, what's your, what's your favorite version of Die Hard? Is it this one or is it speed? <laughs> or <laughs> Right. Like there's <sighs> just so many of these to your point. Like, like I said, Die Hard, speed, speed two. I mean, speed two makes more sense with speed. It's, it's literally the same thing, just in a different, a different event with a different hostage scenario. It's, it's literally a paint by numbers type, type thing. This movie. I think part of it is the adventure and the good part of the movie is getting from the unassuming person watching their character progression to how they do it, how they win. Typically that's the best part of it. Or if they're just like, if, if they're like MacGyver and they can just, they know every fucking thing. It's like a six-year-old. You tell them something. I know mm-hmm. the, the symbol for hydrogen is H. I know. No, you don't. You're not in Mensa. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude, this plot doesn't deserve any more of our words. Let's get into the acting. Jean-Claude Van Damme as Darren Francis Thomas McCord because he needed two middle names Thankfully, in this movie. He doesn't have a mullet. What is happening? Um, it's I mean, it's Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's what you got. If you've ever seen any of his movies and his acting, and again, his later stuff I'm not too familiar with, but this early 90s stuff, this mid-90s stuff, if you've seen any of his movies, this is what you got. You got him with his accent trying to be usually a good person, and uh, pulled into situations where now he's forced to fight. Then when he's fighting, he always has this look, this grimace on his face, this look. It's almost like, what did I see? his teeth. What did I see? I thought it was something along the lines of like, when you're trying to make yourself look like, like that, like you're in pain or something, act like you're taking a really long, hard shit. Like make your face like you're taking a long, hard shit. And that's you got what a you screamer. Look like. ah, that's how you look the whole time. Like ah, looking around the... The, the room he's always got this face on like he's fucking constipated can we just take a moment here i would like to tell you chris the last movie that he has that is either released or is in the process of being released um without looking uh would you like to know what it is or guess? what is it yeah uh well there's a choice yes it's not an answer <laughs> what is it uh it would be minions the rise of Gru. what the he's a he's a voice yeah he plays jean Claude, C-L-A-W-E-D. <laughs> his first film, I'm sorry, his third film, 1984, he played an un- uncredited extra. His role was, quote, spectator in first dance scene of break-in. 
Oh, that's awesome, dude. Isn't that nifty? I'm going to have to find him, dude. I'm going to have to find that scene. Oh, no. We're going to have to watch those movies. Breaking. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Breaking two electric boogaloo, son. Oh, man. But yeah, dude. So Van Damme, like for me, like I said, you get what you get with him. And no, no, that's what me, we got. Let me add to that. You get what you get and you don't get upset. <laughs> exactly. Um, did he play this character? Well, yeah. You know, he played a character who looked like, you know, he loved his kids and clean cut haircut dealing you know, with his stuff. You know? Yeah. Uh, I think the word that we're looking for here is serviceable. Yes. Very serviceable. Powers Booth as Joshua Foss. Now, here's the thing. This movie was so all over the place with the plot in terms of like not sure of who was what that in the plot. It tells us that Joshua Foss was an ex-CIA agent. But in the cast, it tells us that he is a Secret Service agent. Mm -hmm. Sure. Why not both? And he's also dodgy about what he does. He says, I'm still in it, baby. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, Powers Booth, I like this dude. I like oh, yeah. this dude as an actor. He plays this villainous role very well. Um, he's yeah. in Red Dawn. So when we watch that movie here in the future, you'll see him as again. Um, but yeah, he's he's got a lot of uh, a lot of movies that I've always like I, I enjoy. Like, um, let's see. Tombstone. Tombstone. Yep. Love Con it. Air. Sudden Death. I mean, no, just kidding. Uh, but you know, City. yeah, he's in Sin City. Nice. The Avengers. But so, yeah, for me, I like him as an actor and he played this kind of Hans Gruber character the way any Hans Gruber character should. Right. You, mm-hmm. you want to be kind of cold and calculating and you really don't care. Uh, but it does. It did kind of feel like he was phoning it in. Like he was just kind of like, I mean, you guys are paying me, so I'll do this movie. Well, I mean, Powers Booth is like if Powers Booth is there, he has a presence to him. He has a voice about him. So. You know, you know, when he's on screen, he does command the screen, even if it is dog shit, just phoning it in or chewing the scenery. And part of that comes down to the direction, too. Like, yeah, 100 um, percent. I'm trying to see real quick here. G uh, as a writer who directed this. It was directed by Hyams, Peter Peter Hyams. And now so here's the thing, too, is written by Gene Quintano, but it was based on a story by Karen Elise Baldwin, the wife of then Pittsburgh Penguins owner Howard Baldwin. So she's a co-producer and came up with the story for a movie that would feature the Pittsburgh Penguins as part of like the central. Is that what we call nepotism? First of all, let me tell you something like you're coming up with the story and. I don't want to sound whatever about it, but you're the wife of, of a, an owner of a hockey team who in Hollywood says, you know, that's a great story. It's gotta well, be who, you know, right. Or what you did before. I'm like, we all know that this happens in the world that certain people are attracted to certain things. <laughs> some people are attracted to power. Some people, money, some people, people, or like, you know, whatever. Uh, so we don't know this person. She may have been a screenwriter in the past. I don't know. Didn't look. Mm. Um, maybe she paid someone to ghostwrite it with her. Husband has money. Yeah. Says, here's my plot. Go do it. Go go and do and bring it yeah. back to me and we'll, we'll shop it around and you'll get your flat rate of 15, 25K, whatever. Um, let's move on with the daughter. Whitney Wright played Emily McCord. She just I mean, played a little kid. She's a little kid. She was a little annoying at times, but so was Tyler, dude. The kid Ross Malinger played Tyler. She overshare. Kids overshare way too much, and he yeah. clearly played up on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was very kind of an annoying kid. Again, that could have been the direction, but he did. He doesn't do much except annoy his sister and and you know be annoyed by her, and then sit in his seat for the rest of the movie as we cut to him looking over his shoulder, waiting for his sister to come back. I would like to read this sentence to you. Ross Malinger's Wikipedia. Okay. Ross Malinger, born July 7, 1984, uh, is an American former actor and current automobile salesperson. Uh, He's best known for his role as Jonah Baldwin in the 1993 movie Sleepless in Seattle. Yep. And Bobby Jameson in the Disney comedy, 1997 Disney comedy Toothless. He was also in a 95 television movie, Peter and the Wolf, and Adam Lipman at the bar mitzvah boy who likes Elaine's Shiksa appeal in the Seinfeld episode of serenity. Hmm. Now, by the way, nowhere do they mention this in, in his, uh, in his summary. Oh, dude. He's in a lot of shit though. Beverly Hills cop. Yeah. Kindergarten cop. Uh, this movie, 
Homeward Bound 2, played a voice, Little Bigfoot. I don't know what the hell that is. Seinfeld. Oh, it's Suddenly a little Sasquatch Susan. movie. Ah, it was a party of five uh, without a trace, just like his movie career disappeared without a trace. <laughs> Some of those are TV. But yeah, not a whole lot of stuff. Didn't do anything really after 2001, except for some, hey, here I am again, guys. Don't forget about me. Yeah. And he could be a, he could be like a classic car dealer or something like that. Not just like, hey, what brings you in today to buy a Ford from the Ford dealership of your town? Could be. Um, The vice president, Raymond J. Barry. He was very kind of vice presidential. Mm -hmm. You know, came in, gave them a little pep talk, and then the rest of the movie sat there just quipping back and forth with the terrorist, trying to get him to, 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 you know, drop the act. Now, this dude has been in like a trillion movies, Mm -hmm. Raymond J. Berry. Uh, We don't have time to go through all of it, but holy cow, the amount of movies he's been in. Walk Hard uh, with Dewey Cox, Flubber. Cool cool Runnings. Cool Runnings. Um, Wow. Training Day. (laughs) Born on the 4th of July. Rapid fire. Oh, man. The purge election year falling down. Just married uh, an old show that everybody seems to like upstairs, downstairs. Dude, from the crypt. L.A. law. He's basically a guy that like if you recognize him, he's like, you're like, oh, yeah, that guy. He's that guy from that thing. Yeah, he's which, typically way, one of those actors. Yeah. Which, which, by the way, if I think I've mentioned it before, is a very good documentary on character actors. Oh, you did. You, I got to check that out. Um, not to be yeah, confused dude. with the voice actor one. Hey, I know that voice for me. I think he was a good, he was good in this thing. Like, I, I felt like he did a pretty good job and, and he did again, as, as you said before, so he was serviceable. He, it wasn't like he, anything he did took you out of his performance serviceable in his civil service role. Yes. Um, then there was, um, Dorian Harewood who plays the secret service agent that does the heel turn halfway through or about two thirds through the movie. He should have played this like his character in Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> He's um, this guy was rough for me, man. This the acting that he was like the way he was playing this character. Anytime yes. he was on the phone, it sounded like he off. was just reading through his lines, though. Like he was responding, but he wasn't giving space for somebody on the phone to respond. So it was like it was, it was very very awkward feeling. He, I, I don't know. I just felt like a. I was like, what's going on with this guy? Come on. Uh, he he's very um, yeah, like he's very stiff and rigid, but he's also playing the the 90s standard for like federal agents that can't or like police officers. You know what he is? There's a template for yeah. like, the With pissed the- off police sergeant. Yes. And then the way the, he screams at them. Yeah. And the uh, the, the, the 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 wild detective and then yeah. his partner who's like, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, he, he was basically blending all three of them together. Yeah, dude. Uh, other than that, like we had actors that filled in for other roles. Like we had we had a chef. We had the, the guy who pl- the, the, or the lady who played his ex-wife and her new husband. Um, you know, we had all of these other like bad guys in the film. Mm-hmm. Meh. They were there. Nothing and stood out for me. Yeah, I knew none of these people I'm like, oh, there's somebody and there's somebody else. And uh, there's a guy that is there. Yeah. And that's somebody that got scale. There's somebody else. Yeah. So that's all I have to say about the acting man. It, it, for me, it, there was a lot that was left to be desired. There's a, one thing to call out. There were a lot of hockey players in this movie. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I noticed uh, right away was the pregame announcer was Bill Clement. Means nothing to you. Bill Clement just retired from announcing Flyers hockey for the last mm, 15 plus years. Wow. And retired here in wonderful North Carolina not long ago. Hey, so then that must he must have been the Ping, Penguins guy before the Flyers. Then I, I think so. He also yeah. played. He, he actually is being in, in uh, inducted, inducted. That's the word. Thank you. Into no the National Hockey Hall of Fame for as a broadcaster. Nice. Not nice. as a player, which is uh, yeah, so going, cool. broadcasting is still a, an important piece. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, dude, let's move on to the music and the soundtrack. Score. Yeah. A, yeah, there real, was there any? It was a Much? score. It was a '90s. It was a '90s score. So, like a lot of the way this movie looked to me when it started, it had a very Michael Bay, Jerry Bruckheimer feel to mm-hmm. it. Quick and cuts, so, if you think about those kinds of movies, right? Mm-hmm. Those helicopter shots of the city and these, all this stuff and these things happening. A lot of Michael Mann 
yes. influence too. Yes. Then you, what you're hearing is whatever soundtrack you familiar uh, you, that are familiar to that. You know, you, you associate with that. That's what you had here. There was a lot of that, like like a lot of ticking music that felt like there was times, like it was a timer going, or, or mm-hmm. things were kind of you had to get things done in, in, in a specific succession of things. A That's how sense of urgency. Music was. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, it kind would, of frenetic. It, yeah. It created that 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 need you know yeah created that emotional input or that emotional response then you had yeah then you had your little orchestral swells that slowed down like when he's signing i love you from the ice and like these weird moments that you're just like okay i guess yeah it's it just kind of complete pivot to yeah wasn't anything that stands out wasn't anything bad either it wasn't something that was annoying or kind of threw me off or was just like oh this is i gotta turn the sound down because i can't take this right now Mm-hmm. So uh yeah, that's it. Let's move on to the special. Yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Dude, special effects, what the hell? From the so there was things here and there where I was just kind of like, ah, I'll let that go. It's not too bad. But that moment where the dude shot a rocket launcher at the helicopter. And the way it looks going through the air was so ridiculous. When it hits the helicopter, the explosion, it totally looks like green screen explosions that we used to do when like we first got photo photo or uh, Adobe After Effects. Like the first time we ever got them and we're like, oh, we can create explosions. And so that's what it looks like. Or wow, here's another. It's like if you want to type up a document. And you bust out word perfect 5.1 for DOS. Yes. Or green that, screen. It's rough. Uh, soft, yeah. You go from using a Windows-based software to using a DOS-based software. You're like, what the fuck is DOS, first of all? Yeah. That's, that's exactly what you think it is. I'm hacking into the mainframe here. Let me, here, Chris, let me, uh, let me zoom in and enhance. It's yeah. like that kind of crap. But, but oh. honestly, a little worse. <laughs> Bro, it was rough. Like you said, even like when the, the helicopter was going down, it's mm-hmm. like, come on. There were so many points where I'm just like, oh, green screen. That looks like dog shit. Look <laughs> yeah. at that. And that was before the helicopter inverted. Some some of the um some of the gun gunfire stuff looked decent. It wasn't bad. The blood packets, you know, the things exploding from chest. That was decent. Didn't look too bad. The practical um, effects weren't bad. Yeah, not at all. Uh, but overall, man, oof, those special effects were rough. Well, I mean, rough. what do you expect from a uh uh, $35 million budget in 1994. Man. Yeah. Um, I guess you're also paying a lot of that goes to Jean-Claude Van Damme being a bigger name at the time. Uh, that's why him and Powers Booth and nobody else is yeah. really that relevant. So I think uh, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's end this, dude. Let's uh, let's give our final thoughts. I'm gonna go first, just because I'm I want to be done talking about this. Remember, though, that the one that talks first listens last. <laughs> oh, I mute you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, uh, it's not a it's not it's it's not a surprise what I thought. This was for me was kind of a garbage movie. Um, if you kind of want this on in the background as like your USA version of Die Hard, sure, go ahead. Right. It's uh, it's 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 just not it's not it's not hitting all the things it needs to. And though it had a high, uh, you know, a, a high profile name like Jean-Claude Van Damme, we were also in an era where people now saw Jean-Claude Van Damme going straight to video. And it wasn't a good thing to sometimes have him tied to your film, um, though. He did still bring in money. Right. I believe this movie doubled what they put what they put into it. So, I mean, it's still a decent return on investment, but not probably I'm, I'm sure 100 percent not what universal was hoping for um yeah i think the uh, i mean current now like it's it's assumed that if your movie costs like this one did 35 million that you spend another double that on uh the press machine yeah so yeah. if if the but whatever the budget is double it and that's what you hope to get back some cup some movies are like oh yeah we'll get that back first first couple days mm, yeah, yeah sure you will any movie starring time size more will not <laughs> there's a story uh, about that i will tell you if you care to hear it there's uh yeah we'll go we'll, we'll come back to that um but yeah for this dude the writing it's like i said it's one of those kinds of movies where there was nothing new to this at all it was just basically let's do it with a hockey game now right and so that was enjoyable other than that a lot of the dialogue uh, was rough 
you know, special effects were, were rough. Um, even logic at times was kind of rough. There was, there was one thing that I could say it did have, it does have going for it is that it looks decent in terms of cinematography, the way the cameras move certain, certain angles, certain shots, you know, it's taking, it's taking notes from, like I said, guys like Michael Bay and, and, and Bruckheimer and man, you're, you're basically it's, it's, if you've seen those movies, you know what to expect and how this is going to look. And it looks just like those movies. Um, yeah, other than that, man, I can't say too much because it was a movie that as I continued watching, I'm like, why are we watching this, man? This is insane. And then every comment I made, you know, garnered some laughter from the galley. So uh, out of five broken, you know, bones laying around into my jugular, I'm going to give this one one broken bone of the jugular, dude. <laughs> At least that's the way I'm rating that one. Broken bones. What did you say? Broken bones to the jugular. I can go. I can get around with that uh, one, huh? I thought you'd go a little higher. I no, thought, I thought your reading would be taller. This one's a one, man. This one's a one for me. This is there's for me. The only thing that it had decent going for it was there was some hockey in it. So, um, my thoughts. This movie was picked for one sole reason: is it because Slapshot and Goon were kind of wrote for? Hey, hockey team just happened, or hockey team, hockey sport, hockey. Uh, yeah, that too. Hockey sports just happened. And it, the season's over because it's June and hockey has the longest season ever for what? 80 some 82 games, 80, 79 games. Uh, but Stanley cup just ended and congratulations to team for winning the sports ball cup, Colorado. I know they won the Stanley cup because yeah. they beat the drum on that here. Lord Stanley's cup is hanging in the balance. So all of that mixed with the horrible characters. I mean, really the, the, the best part of this movie are the practical explosions and there are some things that are that are that make sense like there's a crowd of people and the daughter goes missing mm-hmm. uh, and just so many other things that just this movie yeah it makes no sense and sometimes that's the best sense a movie can make mm-hmm. is no sense but you know for me this is i mean the movie is dog shit let's be honest it made more money somehow than, than uh, it should have. But to your point, because it had Van Damme and Powers Booth and it's just watch it. If you want to laugh because it's just so riddled with yeah, what, what happened here, what's going on there. Why, why does this make, why would anyone do this? This makes no sense. It's like um, awful is yeah. really and and you know but i still have to give it credit because it's a movie uh <laughs> and i mean you know it's i would not uh i i made the the brilliant choice of buying this because uh <laughs> i mean i do that with i just rented this shit dude i'm like i'm not buying I, it i know i should i shouldn't have even done that i should have just been like yeah great movie chris five out of five and just <laughs> i did text you the other day i'm like are you second guessing your life decisions You're like <laughs> i haven't watched it yet uh so you know, the movie's bad. I wouldn't, I, I would suggest watching it. Not unlike another movie we watched that I said the same comment on. If you want to just put somebody in front of like bright lights and explosions and what, huh? If they are a Jean-Claude, if they're writing the autobiography of Jean-Claude or the biography of Jean-Claude Van Damme, or mm. <laughs> like they like explosions and, or hockey. Maybe that's pretty much it. Maybe uh, a lot so, better hockey yeah. movies out there. <laughs> Uh, oh, I think any, all, yes. Um, but I, I would have to say this is Bagger Vance like, is a better hockey movie. Put it that way. Yeah, uh, any movie that involves tabletop bubble hockey is better. <laughs> uh, yes. I think at World's End has that in there nice. for about thirty seconds. So I'd have to say this one. I give this like a. I think I'm going to echo what you said. Uh, I was going to go one and a half, but I, I, no, I think this is a one. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're doing this on the retro bliss scale, I would have to say this is X Men for Sega. <laughs> Yes, exactly. There's a, a cheap plug for our buddies over at Retro Bliss Podcast. The one good thing that this movie did do and say was face off a few times. Ooh, that's right. That's right. So with that, I think we should check, choose our next movie. So our next movie um, is going to be the aforementioned face off. You get looking. Yeah. It's like looking in a mirror, only 
not. Troy? Now that is between us, okay? But you were... In a coma? Nothing like having your face cut off to disturb your sleep. Read the newspaper lately? You killed them? Well, look, beats paying the bill, huh? Come on, I mean, uh, if a facelift costs five grand. See anything you like? all the evidence that proves you're you, okay? So, wow, looks like you're gonna be in here for the next hundred years! <laughs> now, I have got to go. I've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck. <laughs> Did I say that? Because that's the only reason, because they said that in this movie, and that's... And that's all you had to say was, hey, do you want to watch it? And I thought to myself, Yes. Hmm, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. Why not? Let's do it. I'm in the mood for more scenery salad. <laughs> but you know what? This is going to be great because I love Nicolas Cage. I even as as he's crazy at his craziest. I love him. He did this movie called Willie's Wonderland where he plays this guy that's traveling through town. His car gets like his tires get blown out and uh, he can't. The, the town has no ATM, so he does can't have money to fix it. But this guy says, listen, I'll let you work it off. There's this this kind of Chuck E. Cheese style place I have. And if you go in there and clean the place out, I'll have you, you know, I'll, I'll take care of paying for your damages. So he goes in and it becomes this thing where like the animatronics come to life and try to kill him. And he survives. It has to survive. I love Nicolas Cage, dude. I love the guy. This movie, he has no lines, zero dialogue. He is oh, he I is the a mute in this, not a mute, but he just doesn't talk. That was his but, character choice, by the way. He has these weird, yeah. wacky backstories that he likes to come up with. Yes, dude. Uh, and his, his dude, the performance is so awesome. It's so awesome that, um, yeah, I love it. I love it. And I can't wait to see Face Off because I, I think I saw it once, like way back in my early 20s. And so um, it'll be it'll be almost like seeing it new again, because, you know, I, I remember a few things from it. I don't remember the whole film. Um, all right. So we'll do Face Off next week. Until then. Um, we're out of here. You have anything else you want to say? Don't watch this movie, but <laughs> be nice to everybody else. Yeah, just be a decent human, man. We'll see you guys next week. Until then, it is now time to unsilence your phones. 